Hey, you're listening to the Riverdale Podcast. This is episode number 234. My name is Jonathan. Welcome to lovely Riverdale, USA. This is an Archie Comics fan podcast. We update every Saturday morning, and this week we're bringing you uh, a, a break from the norm here. This is our, our penultimate episode, and uh, today we'll be welcoming the usual gang for our uh, book club episodes we've been doing the last couple of months. Um, so Barbara Ann and John Troughton will be joining me momentarily to discuss this uh, this month's um, book club pick, which is um, Night at the Comic Shop. A great collection. We'll talk about that more about that um, when we get closer to it. Um, before that, we're going to have a quick book of the week. I'm going to talk about uh, the comic book I read this week. Um, just to make sure, if you haven't been listening, the show is ending. Um, this is the, as I said, the penultimate episode. Next episode will be the final one. Um, and I'm gathering up emails and voicemails and stuff. So next week we'll have uh, probably a, a quick book of the week. I'll talk about something. I'm not sure quite what it is yet. Um, I'll have to look at the new releases or maybe we'll go back to an old an old issue. Or I'm, I'm not really sure what the plan is, but we'll do a quick book of the week. Um, and then the rest of the, of the episode next week is going to be all uh, answering your letters, questions, playing your voicemails, all that stuff. So a big... Um, a big send off for the show. Um, so I'd love to have as much of uh, as much of your involvement as possible. If you've ever wanted to hear your voice on this podcast, uh, this is the week to do it. So um, I'll be recording next week's episode uh, the middle of next week. So let's say Wednesday, Wednesday the thirty first, August thirty first, Wednesday. Uh, we'll have that as the cutoff date to get your um, your stuff in, whatever. Whatever you want to say to me or to everyone else or a question you have, a comment you have, anything anything you want to send in, Wednesday the 31st is the last day to get that in uh, before I record the final episode. Um, before we jump into things, uh, Patreon subscribers, um, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much um, for supporting the show. Um, if you haven't checked it out yet, there is one final exclusive video that was sent out last week. So thank you guys one last time for your uh, your support of the show. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all the uh, the housekeeping notes. Let's get into the show. Um, it's going to be a long one. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, but first, let's jump into the book of the week. All right, all right, folks. This week's Book of the week is Archie number eleven. Now, um, I I don't know. I don't want to go on out on a on a sour note. I thought about not talking about this book um, because I I have some issues with it. We'll talk about the issues, um, but but mostly in doing this show from the beginning, my intention was to really be a cheerleader for these books. You know, when I started the show, it was back in 2012. It was before the relaunch. It was before Afterlife. Um, you know, the, the sort of the, the biggest thing going on was the uh, the Life with Archie book. That seemed like the biggest departure from the norm. Um, and one of the many reasons I started the show was that I didn't feel like anyone was taking Archie comics seriously. I remember looking for... Um, San Diego announcements online. I look. I, I remember looking for coverage of uh, of convention panels that that Archie was doing, and there was no coverage. Um, I remember there being uh, you know major major news sites that weren't covering Archie comics, um, and and all of that has has really reversed itself over the years. Um, and maybe that's one of the reasons that I feel like this uh, this this podcast is less needed or less uh less vital i guess um because uh archie has been largely accepted into the maybe not the mainstream world but certainly the mainstream comic book world um if you go to any um 
uh, comic book news site, you're going to find some coverage of Archie Comics, which was not the case back in the day. Um, so I guess all that to say, I didn't create this podcast to be critical of Archie Comics um, because I started it in a time when there was no coverage of Archie Comics. Um, so my plan was to come out and say, hey, here are these great things that are going on. Here's this cool stuff that's happening. Um, and if there's stuff I don't like, I'm not going to talk about it because that's not that's not the intention. I'm here to sort of lift up the stuff that I like. Um, and now I find myself here with Archie number 11. Um, and I have a few nice things to say about it. Um, I, I feel like the intention is there. I love the intention. Um, but it's just it's just not quite hitting. Um, and it I feel like it as a title is just really starting to to feel a little lost, like it's losing its way. Um, I would love for that to course correct. I am going to continue reading it for sure. I want to see where this whole storyline ends up. Um, and I think that if if we go back, when we're when Mark Wade wraps up and we're able to go back and look at this with um, some clarity, I guess a little bit of distance, I think that this is going to be a great run. But where we sit right now, I'm just not I'm not sold. Let's let's talk about it. Um, uh, Veronica Fish. Uh, has has left the book as of last issue, issue ten. Um, she was around for six issues, which is which was good, which I really really liked, um, because uh, I really was enjoying the way that she and Mark Wade were starting to work together, and I felt like she was starting to get a really good hold on the characters and really developing a style. That's the thing that I feel has been lacking from this book since Fiona Staples' departure after issue three. Um, you had Annie Wu come in and do like a commendable job doing what she did, coming in and nailing these characters and getting that right for one issue. Um, I, I really, it's an unenviable spot to come in and follow Fiona Staples, who has redesigned an iconic character and have to figure out what your redesign of it is. And for Veronica Fish to then come in and try to sort of um, you know, take something from from Fiona's redesigns and something from Annie's uh, redesigns of the redesigns and kind of make her own thing uh, while simultaneously reinventing these characters that have been around for 75 years. None of this, uh, none of this, I think, has, has benefited the book on the whole. Um, the visual style of it, I think, has been a little bit all over the place. And just as I started to really... Um, like where things were going and have a lot of faith in Veronica Fish, her six issues were up. And now we get this issue, which really feels like, uh, it just feels like like floundering. And I, I hesitate to say that because I do believe that everyone is working hard on this book. I don't think that anybody is slacking. I don't think that anybody's intending to make a book um, that is subpar. Um, story on this issue, as I said, is by Mark Wade. Uh, breakdowns by Ryan Jampole, who, of course, we know uh, from uh, drawing Mega Man. He's a great artist. Um, finishes by Thomas Patilli. Um, coloring by Andre Sismanowicz with Jen Vaughn, as always. Lettering by Jack Morelli, as always. Um, now, when you have a situation uh, such as breakdowns and finishes, my understanding of that... Um, this can vary very much in terms of the, the working style of the two artists. Um, my understanding of something uh, like breakdowns and finishes is that uh, breakdowns are setting up the page, uh, uh, setting up the panel, the layout, the action, all of that. Uh, finishes would be more tightening up the pencils and, uh, you know, finishing facial expressions and things like that. Um, so we have Ryan Jompole to thank for the uh, breaking the story, laying out the panels, uh, figuring out how many panels are going on the page, what's happening where, um, all of that stuff. Um, the sort of, like, anatomy of the page by Ryan Jompole. And then the sort of finishing touches, the, the hairstyles and the uh, facial expressions and, and, and things like that. But... Um, 
you have two talented artists on this, but I feel like they are sort of, you know, sort of hamstrung by what has come before them. They're sort of um, left in a position of being asked to ape a style that isn't necessarily done. It isn't. It isn't like a cohesive um, house style that they're adopting. So, um, so the, the visuals of the book just don't quite work. Everybody, everybody looks like themselves. Everybody behaves like themselves. Um, but I'm left with. I'm left wanting more. I'm left wanting what would have happened if Ryan Jumple and Thomas Patilli had come in and been able to do their own designs or, um, or you know, make their own decisions about what the visuals of the book are were going to be without uh, what has come before them being so heavy. Um, I, I mean, I'm thinking now of the Jughead book with Erica Henderson leaving and Derek Charm coming in. I feel like the book... Uh, is is just newly refreshed looks very very different and i enjoyed erica's art i enjoyed derek's art they're both you know uh great artists they're both um doing very different takes on the characters the characters still look like themselves they still behave like themselves um it's not jarring it's just uh one great artist into another great artist um but i feel like for whatever reason it didn't happen here. And I think that's disappointing because I think these two artists, if given, you know, a free reign to do their thing and be, you know, reverent to what came before, just as Derek Charm is being reverent to what Erica Henderson did in the Jughead book. Um, I, I just feel like it, it, it isn't quite working. They're being asked to follow up and, uh, and follow along with a style that just isn't standing on its own already. So, um, so I guess I'm just a little, I'm, I'm a little disappointed with how the book looks. And I know that everybody worked hard and everybody did a great job, but I think what's being asked of them was, was ultimately unfair. Um, the story here is interesting enough. I really want to see where all of this is leading. Um, I, like a lot of folks, are, are sort of like waiting for Betty and Veronica to be friends. And I feel like that's going to be like the big payoff, you know? Um, we're sort of w- reading this origin story and we're waiting for the story to coalesce into something that we recognize. Um, and that can be a tricky position to be in as well. We're sort of waiting for what we perceive to be normal in an Archie comic to be what's normal in this book. We're waiting for Betty and Veronica to be friends. Um, We're waiting for these like sort of like norms and archetypes to go back to the way we always had them. Um, which is which is a tricky thing to write, I think. I'm very curious how long uh, Mark Wade has signed on for and how long he's plotted out with all of these stories. Um, in this issue, we find um, Veronica and Betty uh, inadvertently starting rival bands. Um, we have this sort of heartbroken... Uh, we we have the the heartbroken everybody basically the heartbroken Betty, um, the uh, heartbroken Saeed, um, who's who's been dating Betty. Um, Archie's sort of stuck between all of this. Uh, the prior issue was a big blowout with the the uh, the mayoral election in Riverdale, so there's a lot of fallout from that. Um, there is you know there's a nice heart heart to heart between Archie and Jughead, which I really liked. There's uh, the moment when Saeed uh, has a heart-to-heart with Betty and hands her the tambourine to play. Of course, as we know, Betty historically played the tambourine in the Archies. Um, but a lot of it feels like sort of uh, sort of wheel spinning. We're sort of like waiting to see the Archies um, when we can just as easily 
pick up a book from five years ago and have the Archies right now. So um, I don't know if it's working for me presently, but I want it to work. Um, I like these pages uh, towards the end of the book. I'm flipping through here with Betty and Archie sort of talking about their problems. I like the close-ups of Betty's face as she looks sort of pained and is kind of biting her bottom lip. Um, I like that. I want more of it. Um, and maybe I just want to see where the whole story is going. Like maybe, as I said at the top of this review, maybe at the end of all of this, I'll be able to look back, read this very same issue with fresh eyes and be like, I see where Mark and everybody was going with this. Um, I'm, I'm anxious to see the payoff and where we're going with all of this. I just feel a little, uh, mired down with the drama and a little sort of impatient to get where we're going. Okay, I think I've said <laughs> enough. I've talked too long. I want to get to the guests. Um, send me your thoughts. If you disagree, if you uh, if you want to give me a little pep talk and get me psyched about this book again, I would love that. Um, get in touch. Let me know. Until then, uh, there it is. There's your book of the week. Archie number 11. All right, folks, we're back with another book club talk. Uh, this month, we are talking about Archie and Friends Night at the Comic Shop. Um, kind of a legendary modern Archie comic, if you're asking me. Um, this is uh, split up into two halves, as, a, as we'll talk about. Um, Night at the Comic Shop and then Return to Night at the Comic Shop. Um, both of these were written by Fernando Ruiz. Uh, the first series by was penciled by Fernando Ruiz. The second um, by Bill Galvin. Um, inks by Jim Amish. Letters by Teresa Davidson and Jack Morelli. Colors by Glenn Whitmore and Digicore Studios. Um, contributing writers, it says here on the page. Um, Paul Castiglia, uh, guest of the show just a few weeks back. And Ian Flynn, um, of course, writer of Sonic the Hedgehog and Mega Man. Really, really great book. Um, if you are unaware of it, I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll tell you enough about it. Um, and I don't think it's the kind of book that can necessarily get spoiled um, because the, the fun is really uh, going through and meeting all these great characters. Um, so before I say much more, Let's bring our guests into the conversation. First up, Barbara Ann. Welcome to lovely Riverdale, USA. Thank you for having me. And John Troughton. Welcome to lovely Riverdale, USA. It's good to be here. Yes, finally. Finally, I've done an introduction in which the two folks do not talk <laughs> talk over each other in response to my greeting. Um, I finally, I finally nailed it. Um, Better time. late than never. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're here to talk about Archie and Friends Night at the Comic Shop. Um where where do where do we, where do we start? Would you would you think, John? Have you read this thing before? I you know, this is the first um Archie uh trade that I've ever read. In fact, I got oh. it as, the copy I have here is actually a gift or a prize that I won from Archie Comics doing something, I don't, some Twitter thing or something like that. It's signed by Fernando. Cool. So, so I, I love it. And it, you know, all the people that you meet inside, it was actually, it was quite eye-opening for me when I was first getting back into Archie Comics a few years ago. So, thumbs up. Yeah, Barbara Ann, you're reading, you're reading this for the same, for the, the, you're reading this for the first time <laughs> as well. I am reading it for the first time for this podcast. Um, I was familiar. <laughs> I was familiar with um, the characters that they had done in the digests, the thick ones, you oh, know. Yeah. Because sometimes they reprint these. So I've read like Susie and I've read Wilbur, and but like those are all the like ones that are kind of like Archie, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. And I was disappointed that there wasn't as much little jinx because that's one of the ones I know, you know. Mm. So, but it was like you said, eye-opening that there are so many characters from the seventy years that Archie Comics has been 
you know, around or Pev Comics it used to be was around. So like, I don't know. It's pretty cool. I'm looking through their character profiles right now at the in the back, and that alone is really cool to look mm-hmm. at. Yeah. You know. I like going onto the um, public domain uh, comic book websites where you can read, you know, 60, 70 year old comics. And it's been, once I discovered this book, it was fun to go back and look up old issues of Pep or Top Notch or whatever and read these different characters back in their, their solo adventures because they would be these little short stories each issue. And, um, some of them are really, really fun. I'd love to see them, you know, envisioned now. Um, but yeah, and uh, it totally and it feels like that was the intention with this, um, which I definitely want to get to. That's yeah. like a I I have I have two big notes um, about, <laughs> about this book, um, and we'll we'll get to to each of them. What um, who wants to summarize what what went on in this trade because it's actually two two-part stories um, that ran in Archie and Friends, uh, I guess back in like uh, 2009 or 2010, somewhere around there. Um, so who, who wants to summarize just for, for folks who are, who are tuning in or maybe haven't read the book, um, what, what exactly is going on in Night at the Comic Shop? Um, well, how about one of us will summarize Act 1 and the other one summarize Act 2? Awesome. Do you want to do one or two? I'll do one. I'll do act one. Okay, so <laughs> so in, the, in the first two issues, um, Chuck is working at a comic book store that's named Pep Comics. Apparently, they only stock Pep Comics, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's a meteor shower, and a meteor uh, hits the comic book store. Which is incredible because there's like no structural damage at all. <laughs> Just some rubble. <laughs> to the comic book store or the buildings around it. Um, but what is what is disrupted is the space time, the fabric of space time. So there's a portal that opens, and all of a sudden there's like a dimensional gateway between the all the comic book universes, including the Archie Comics one. Which there, it's being played off as like there's a portal, like bringing the comic world to the Archie world. Mm-hmm. But like Jughead has an aside, he like breaks the fourth wall. He was like, yeah, they came to our comic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like Jughead's aware that like they're one of, you know, that they're in it too. And they all come into Riverdale and the Archie world and they like are running amok and everyone. Everyone's, like, going and, like, collecting these characters, like, just kind of trying to gather them up to, to send them back. And they don't want to go back at first. But then, like, like they're really... Kind of like Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> In that way that you, like, have to catch them all. <laughs> but, like, the, the smarter guy is, like, the doctor and the private eye. And, like, they're just, like, not challenged by this universe. They're, like, no nothing's happening we're not being you know intellectually stimulated by these people so they like opt into going back home so that's how they like get the the people that they wouldn't have otherwise been able to convince and then life goes back to normal until except <laughs> yeah except one of the little tiny blip characters um stayed behind when all the other characters went back to their respective homes. And so in the third and fourth chapters, uh, Reggie decides to tell Jughead's uh, cousin, Soupad, who I'd totally forgotten all about until I reread this issue. Me too. Um, He told him about all the the meteors and about all the super or the comic book characters that had run amok. And they went down to show him the meteor and found out that the basement was filled with all of these portals and the meteor was gone. And it turns out that the blip had created all of these portals and then hid the, the meteor in one of the comic book worlds. And they're discovering that the multiverse of, of 
comic book uh, stories throughout Archie and Pep and MLJ and all that have started to uh, basically mesh together. And it was creating all this uh, chaos when you had World War II jets going through medieval uh, towns and all these characters that really aren't meant to be together that are intermingling. And so um, this one mystic sends all the Archie characters off to save the day throughout the multiverse to find the meteor so that they can reclose all of these portals. And so there's a bunch of adventures that go on in those stories. Dude, well done. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. Do we reveal the end? Are we going to reveal the end? Well, you know my theory on spoilers? What's that? What well, is it? There's a certain amount of years. <laughs> 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 really. <laughs> it has been like half a decade. <laughs> At least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I say we go for the spoiler at the end. I think it was they, a lot of fun. They managed to shut the... <laughs> they, well, they shut the portals down. <laughs> <laughs> no, they find the meteor and everybody goes back to normal. I guess, well, I guess that's kind of anticlimactic, huh? Um, oh, I thought it was the Jughead thing. Oh, well, there's that, too. I guess we found out that all this time that Jughead had been possessed by Gloomy Gus, who's this ghost who's been looking for the... who's been spending all of his afterlife looking for the perfect body to inhabit. And Gloomy Gus is adorable. I really, really like Gloomy Gus. I, I actually... Of the old stories, I'm kind of going back to that old thing. His is one of the stories that I really, really, really like. Basically, the angels keep on sending him down from heaven when all these people, like, newly die. And so he goes back to inhabit their bodies, and inevitably he gets shot up or falls off a building or something like that and ends up back in heaven. Oh, my gosh, really? To wait for his to wait for his next body to come along. What? <laughs> so he's what? like so he's kind of like he's kind of like quantum leap and he's kind of like yeah. dead man and he's kind of like spy versus spy. <laughs> like kind of, yeah. <laughs> he just go you know, he comes down, he he uh uh has some misadventures and and yeah, it just never quite works out. And, oh god. <laughs> and it's it's all meant for like comedic effect. It's like a slapstick kind of thing. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Excellent. I mean they're kind oh of Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think I I can't even think of a comic book that it, or a comic strip or whatever that it reminds me of, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Wow. <laughs> I can see why you were inspired to like go back and read all of these cuz yeah, really cool Now ones. I want to read that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Gloomy Gus. He definitely has the, the best mustache of the entire book. <laughs> yeah. Like, hands down. Um, wait, so I, I guess, I guess, I, so I have two notes. Okay. I read, I read okay. this entire book, and I had never read it before. I had read, I read that, actually, the, the second half of it, The Return to the Comic Shop. Um, in issues when it was published in Archie and Friends, but I had never read the first half because um, I okay. wasn't reading Archie. I guess I must have just missed it. But um, so I read the whole thing and I sat down and I wrote two big notes, uh, one <clears> at the top <throat> of the page and one at the bottom of the page, and then I circled them and wrote some notes underneath each of them. But the two headings are uh, Fernando loves comics, and the, yeah. Sec- yeah. the second one is. Uh, Archie Comics Publications had to re-up their copyrights. <laughs> oh! I feel like one... I love that. One Is that... clearly informed the other. <laughs> like, if you're Archie... I mean, I don't know this, this for a is fact, that... but... Okay, because I was going to say, is it true? Is it a really good conspiracy theory? It it is it is because I like it. I'm buying into it. Yeah, it, it is my informed conspiracy theory. And here here's here's why. I have two, <laughs> I have two pieces of information. One is that okay. Um, when I talked to Rick Offenberger and Paul Castiglia, um, a few weeks ago, and we were talking about the MLJ companion, they talked about how 
uh, Archie was publishing these like um, uh, these like uh, like public service announcement comics, like these pages in their comics in the eighties with like the Red Circle heroes in them because they needed to have like they needed to publish them in a comic book um, in mm-hmm. order to retain the copyrights, you know. Um, and in reading this, I realized that like none of those like red circle superheroes are in this probably because they appeared in Archie's weird mysteries, like maybe like five or six years prior to this coming out or maybe more, maybe, maybe more like 10 years prior to that. So I was like, so maybe maybe they needed to re-up copyrights on, like, a bunch of these characters, but they didn't have to do the superhero characters because they had been in Archie's Weird Mysteries. So that is my that's my running theory. I like that theory. I would totally buy sense. into it. Yeah. Well, so, we solved it. <laughs> well, how does, how does that work then with, the, like, the Digest? Does the Digest count for that? I would yeah, assume, that's a great question. I would assume or, so. Or does it have to be original stuff? Oh, that's a good question. Whether like because they're coming, they're out. Like like I said, I'm familiar with these characters because they'd have the odd story in the digest, you know. But a lot of them. Don't Not all of lot. them. I mean, some of them you see a lot, like Little Jinx or uh, Ginger or Susie. Um, yeah. Sometimes yeah, older. It, it would even say like on the cover, like this issue featuring Wilbur or yeah. featuring Jinx or yeah. you know yeah like I don't think Dottie and Ditto I don't think they've shown up um Captain Sprocket I can't remember if he I don't yeah I, don't, I didn't I guess remember he did the... show up didn't he he showed up in uh, recent Archie didn't he I think um, hey, where was that. where was Katie Kane in all of this well, I don't know does she is she a little too much I mean, maybe they didn't want to make her into a comic book character, so to speak. You know what I mean? Because didn't, I'm just, doesn't she, she was being published at the time, or at least somewhat involved with interactive she's... with the other characters off and on. Um, hmm. I mean, Andrew Peepoy did um, some Katie Keene comics in the early 2000s, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't place the date exactly. I've got the book behind me. There's a, a trade of his stuff that's called Model Behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I guess that's that's my theory. Is like it's like if you're, um, you know, uh, John Goldwater, and you come in to Archie Comics in 2009, and you're like, oh, we've got all these characters. You know, I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone's gonna come in and like scoop under them and be like no i own buzzy the detective now <laughs> like i don't think you know, <laughs> somebody might though i mean look at um because there was some of that going on at image with old uh uh carlton characters or the fly i mean mm-hmm. look at the, the fly was one of those uh superhero characters that um uh, somehow the the rights got taken up by the by somebody else besides archie mm-hmm so I mean, it's possible that that could happen. Yeah. So I I think that um, yeah that like while it's I mean it's it seems unlikely. It's not a bad idea to protect against it. And sure. like if you've already got Fernando Ruiz working for you and you know he has like an encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge of this stuff yeah. and is super good at writing and drawing this stuff, like like mm-hmm. wh- like what a cool project that must have been. To just be like, hey, Fernando, can you fit all of these characters into a story? And he would be like, yes. Yeah, this would <laughs> yes, be a in dream, fact, I can. dream project for him, you know? <laughs> I would think so. I wouldn't be surprised if you pitched it. Yeah, that could to be. To be honest. Oh, well, well, what's so silly is that I'm sure I talked to him about this when I interviewed him, like, three and a half years ago or something. I'm sure that, I'm sure that the answer is sitting in the archives of the very show we're on right now. Yeah. <laughs> Homework for your listeners. Go back, listen through. Yeah, yeah. Search the archives. It's back there. While we're on the brief subject of um, Katie Keene, though, yes. 
Yep. Sometime do a Google image search of Katie Keene versus Katy Perry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even like a Katy Perry fan, but um, it's remarkable. Like the blue black hair and then all the outfits are like exactly the same. It's a good laugh, I think. Um, I, in fact, am a Katy Perry fan, and I also think it's a lot. Well, so. there you go. Perfect. <laughs> Both sides. Everyone can agree. Well, let's talk about Fernando here, because I, okay. I have a few notes. As I said, I have the two headers of, like, Fernando loves comics, and Archie needs to re-up their copyrights. Um, <laughs> but I felt like Fernando's, like, love of these characters clearly came through. Um, and the fact that he would have to, like, sort of, like, research them and, like, you know, render them and, uh, I, I don't know, there's, like, a lot of love that comes through there. There's a bunch of stuff, uh, especially in the opening few pages, um, hidden throughout the, uh, the comic shop. There's, like, the, the robot from Forbidden Planet and there's a, a statue of the Brain Emperor, from oh, yeah. the Red Circle heroes. There's stuff like that. The I was... Thing Legs. What's that? Thing Legs. Wait, what is that? Fantastic Four thing up up on the first page. There's a, Oh, it yeah, like, yeah, uh... totally. <laughs> I was like, what's a Thing Legs? Like, oh, no, the legs of Ben Grimm, the thing. The legs of Thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's stuff like that. I was also so excited to see. Anytime you saw the... um the the rift between worlds um it's straight up um kirby crackle oh. oh yeah it is like um for anyone who doesn't know that that sort of like visual like energy i guess for lack of a better term if you, i don't know if you do a google search for kirby crackle i'm sure that you will see it's a lot of like tiny circles um it's a really good way of, of showing a sort of like foreign energy source that was like uh that was very very jack kirby and has sort of been like folded mm. into folded into the the world of of comics since then um and i can't think of another instance in which in which uh we've seen fernando draw something like that mm -hmm. um and of course cosmo now i suppose you were just getting into this too was was fernando inserting i mean when did he start inserting cosmo into most everything that he drew. Um, I think it's been a long time. I think it's been like more than 10 years. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I think it's, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think it's been like since the early 2000s that you would find him. And like even before he shows up in the story, in like the third, no, the second story page, you yeah, see the, a little Cosmo the Merry Martian. Like, yeah, the little sippy cup there. That's another thing that I found really heartbreaking is um, I'm not sure if we've mentioned yet in this conversation all of the um, the who's who pages in the back of this book um, mm -hmm. that tells you all about the characters and little historical bios and stuff. And mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. for a few of them, it mentions, you know, upcoming publishing initiatives um, yeah. Only two of which, I guess there were three that were mentioned, and two of them have actually come to fruition. Um, one, of course, is the the Jinx books. Um, yeah, great stuff. Yeah, yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, and uh, Sam Hill, Private Detective, which was, like, mentioned here, but didn't get published until, I think, last fall. Yeah, it was online, too. It was, I think it was only online. Yeah, it was, like, a digital exclusive oh. that came out, like, last November. Um, but the heartbreaking one is Cosmo. Yeah. And they have all these, like, they have, the, they have these two beautiful, um, I hesitate to call them sketches, but, like, you know, pencil renderings by Fernando mm -hmm. that just look amazing. It would have been interesting to see a current one. Yeah, and it seems like that is, like, very much out of the question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, d I doubt it'll happen. Ever. <laughs> Unfortunately. That bottom pencil sketch, though, is really cool. Mm -hmm. With, like, the cave that he's sitting in, but it's, like, the mouth of a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really sad. I wonder if there are story pages somewhere in a drawer or something. Cause Probably. A lot, a lot of this seems like, like concept art for the series. 
Um, yeah, it's really heartbreaking. Um, I also I love Super Duck mm -hmm. because yeah. in the very few mm -hmm. Super Duck stories that I've read, it has become more and more clear that he was just a straight rip from Disney comics. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get in on that Donald Duck cash. Mm -hmm. it, it really, really feels like, like, down to the fact that, like, when you see incidental characters on, in the, that, like, one, that, like, couple pages where they end up in the duck world, the incidental characters look like the incidental characters in, like, a, <laughs> a Scrooge McDuck story. They have that sort of, like, um, like, vaguely, like, dog like appearance. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's the best. I noticed the same thing. And I'm I'm glad that they did not make him into a superhero. That always bugs me. That's one of my pet peeves when, when they publish uh, Super Doc and he's made into a, like a superhero character instead of just a funny Doc character. Yeah, did they did they change his character at some point into being a superhero? Um, yes. In his bio page, in his bio page, it says something about, like, what if you mixed a duck with a superhero? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, I, I'm I, trying to I, find it. <laughs> if I remember correctly, they, they did, like, a story with him as a superhero of sorts, and he did, like, a vitamin pill or something like that, but then it really quickly turned into this thing of him being, like, a Donald Duck clone. And yeah. then... In the 80s, or was it the 90s, they did a, a new Super Duck series <clears throat> that I think you actually reviewed once. Yeah, I talked and, about it. And I there was... was like a cat or something like that in it. I don't remember. But... Yeah, Salem was and... in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's who the cat was. What? And, and... Salem? Yeah. And he was a very different character in that, yeah, in that book. I'm trying to remember it now, but it was um, they ran it in like Pep Comics or something, and it was like um, it was like when they do like a like a backdoor pilot for a for a sitcom mm -hmm. or something where you yeah I don't know you'd watch like a very special episode of The Facts of Life or something, and it would be like <laughs> uh, I love that show. Yeah, it would be like you'd be watching the first episode of a of a spinoff show or something. It was like that. It was like it was like what would have been the first episode, the first issue oh. of like a Super Duck comic. But oh, here it's here it says 1990s in Laugh Comics. Oh, Laugh Comics. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that issue. Yeah, I'm looking at the bio now. Yeah, that issue is awesome. I like read about that and like like specifically ordered like that issue and read it. Now I've got to look it up again because it was it was really really good and I definitely talked about that probably in the last year or so. It's upsetting mm -hmm. that I've forgotten so much about it in that time. <laughs> <laughs> and then Super Duck appeared with. I want to say Captain Sprocket was there and a couple other characters in Cosmo in that Guardians of the Galaxy parody that they did a few years ago in Archie. What? Yeah, I forgot I about that. I didn't see that. And the sad part is it took me way too long to realize that they were doing a parody of Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. <laughs> what? I, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I... I was like blogging about it. I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> and all the pictures drawn out and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> That's really good. Um, there were a few characters that I recognized um, because of uh, their appearance in um, PAP number 22. There was this um, digest. I did a video about it at some point. Um, it's one of the Archie Digests they did for, I think, the maybe the 70th anniversary. It might have been like the, 60, the 65th anniversary or something. It was one of the modern anniversaries. Um, mm -hmm. They did a digest that reprinted um, PAP number 22 in its entirety. Um, mm -hmm. So with all, with the original Archie story, but then also with all of the other stories that were in it, which was like Buzzy, the Bee Detective, and Squimey the Worm, and like... Um. Yeah, had some like strange, racially insensitive things in it, and had some. Uh, I remember at one point there was like actually a, a a panel where like one of one of the words was like blacked out. I was like, wow. That's, that's, <laughs> I don't know. 
That's hardcore. Yeah, I don't know what that <laughs> was. Like, I don't remember it being in the context of like a like a racial setting or something like that. So I'm, I'm I was completely not sure what was going on. Um, but uh, I wish <laughs> I I wish I had that digest right here because it's like it's a pretty easy to find digest. Like, it's not super expensive. Um, and that's why I ended up doing a video about it is because it had like the entire issue printed in it, which is, um, that is so cool. Yeah. It's hard to come by. It's hard to, cause like generally if you're reading, um, like old Archie comics, they like, you know, divorce them from the context and you, you know, like the, the, dark, right. the dark yeah. horse collections and stuff. Yeah. Um, but were there characters that you guys had never seen before? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, most of the characters, when I came in, I'm, obviously there's some of the, like, Little Jinx. Everybody knows Little Jinx. Or not everybody, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But a lot of the, yeah. especially the action characters. I Before reading this, I'd never read any of those action characters. Uh, Captain Sprocket, I'd never heard of before. Even, I don't know, I might have read Cosmo when I first read this. Yeah. What about you, Barbara Ann? Was there, like, a particularly weird one? Yeah. Or one that stands out. I was not familiar with like Kardak the Mystic. <laughs> yeah. He seemed he stood out as a really interesting character where I was like, whoa, what's what's going on with this guy? Um Bentley Scotland Yard. Like there's a lot of like you know, kind of action y uh masculine detectives but they do other jobs also lee sampson midshipman I'm <laughs> it right now just like what yeah. a but <laughs> what a peculiar claim to fame just like yeah the midshipman is like <laughs> i just i wonder if there is an era um he's not which... even like the captain no, yeah, like, is there an era in which, like, midshipman was, like, a, like a common thing? That first, that, first of all, everyone knew what it meant. And then secondarily, like, well, it, says, it was an admirable thing to be? Well, it says his adventures began in uh, 1940. Mm-hmm. So there was World War II going on. The U.S. Mm-hmm. wasn't involved yet. Yeah. But, like, you know. I guess thinking about <laughs> yeah, we were thinking about it. Um, I mean, not dissimilar to Super Duck. Um, like you mentioned, Kardak the Mystic um, looks just like. I don't know why I'm not placing him, but like he's one of the King Features heroes. Um, this is so bad. He's like a direct rip of what is his name. Uh, thinking Doctor Strange? No, I'm thinking of um I'm thinking of uh, uh oh my gosh. He was like Oh, Mandrake the magician. There we go. Okay. Mm. Like the like the King Features guy who was in the um uh Defenders of the Earth cartoon when I was growing up. Um okay. who like probably predated Kardak the Mystic and like uh, Danny in Wonderland, I think looks uh, suspiciously like Nemo in Slumberland. <laughs> well, I mean, Did you... you saw a lot of that that uh, where you'd have a popular character like a Donald Duck, mm-hmm. and so everybody tries to create their own version or their own Dennis right. the Menace. Uh, right. Carlton Comics, you know, I, uh, Jonathan, I've been reading a lot of those old comics. Yeah, um, and I've talked about that off and on with you, you but. They they used to borrow templates of characters all the time, uh, you know, and, and obviously Archie did that. I, even Marvel and DC would do that to each other, you know. Catfish Joe, um, he's based. I mean, you look at him, and it's pretty clear that they were trying to rip off. Um, oh shoot, um, guy whose name I should know. He's in. Oh, I mean, I, I I can't think of the character he's based off of, but um. Wait, wait. I'm trying to find Cactus Joe so I can help you out. Catfish Joe. Um. Wait, is he in? That, uh, is he in the pages in the back? Yeah, yeah. Oh shoot. Um. 
Oh, I see him. He's a strapping young man who lives on a shanty boat in the swamp lands of the Mississippi River, just across the levee from a tiny village called Mudcat. Wait, is he I'm like, just reading this Is thing. he like Lil Abner? Yes, thank you. That, yeah. He, like... That's yeah. what I was trying to think of. Oh, Catfish Joe. <laughs> I love Catfish Joe. <laughs> but, you know, the, like, Catfish Joe and Lee Sampson Midshipman and Bentley Scotland Yard. It, like, makes me think of, like, the Venture Brothers. You know? <laughs> like, these are all villains that would be in one-off episodes yeah, of the Venture Brothers. Totally. So do you want to know my, 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 my secret dream on updating Catfish Joe for the for the present day or the kind of present day? Dude, John, Please. I, John, I, I, I want to know all of your secret dreams. <laughs> so this, yeah. one's, this one's getting dated a bit, okay? So this was a time, it seemed like redneck stuff was all over reality TV. And I thought this would have been a perfect opportunity for Archie to kind of buy into the whole redneck <laughs> thing. And like, like they could do like uh, Catfish Joe meets Honey Boo Boo or <laughs> Catfish Joe. I mean, there used to be, well, MTV had that one redneck show where for a while until one of the kids got killed. And, oh, yeah. You know, they could like do all these types of tie-ins to that. And, and it would be like a redneck version of, of, of Archie Comics, Catfish and all of his, his buddies, you know? <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> presents Catfish Joe. Exactly. <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy is cat. <laughs> Wait, so John, do you have like a secret pitch for all of these characters? Yeah, I want to hear them. Um, okay, here I'll I'll show you another one or tell you another one. Oh. Um, so you got that one, uh, Pat the Brat. Yeah. Yeah. So He's kind of like a Dennis the Menace type character. You think? Yeah. And so I got the idea from when they did Little Jinx <laughs> and created Jinx. And I thought it would be kind of fun to do a Pat the Brat as as like a teenager. But like he would be like in a military school because a lot of the hijinks that he gets into as a kid aren't as adorable when you're in your teens. And you're like yeah. creating fires and causing all this chaos and damage and all this stuff. So he gets sent off to military school and and then has has kind of more... <laughs> Serious adventures, I guess, that way. So that was another one of my pitch. That's awesome. That I thought about. I like that idea. <laughs> if they took Pat the Brat and uh, and did like a To Riverdale and Back, like TV movie. <laughs> and then, it was, <laughs> and then it, it was basically just office space. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> I would watch that. I had yeah. one other idea. <laughs> yeah, keep Which would coming. be like kind of riffing on the whole Archie's Funhouse digest. Mm -hmm. But it would be like a Big Brother type theme. And so you'd have Katie Keene as, um, as the Julie Chen character. And then you'd have like all these different characters from the past who would be like in the house. And then gradually you'd, you know, you'd set up scenarios where they'd get kicked out. So you'd have Archie in there. But then you'd have like Wilbur or Ginger or... You know, maybe some, I don't know, uh, updated, you know, maybe Super Duck would be kind of fun as the, like, the one non-human character in the house, and 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 that was another idea. I That's actually really hilarious. Like, yeah. has Archie ever done, like, uh, a parody of one of those, kind of, of, like, a Big Brother type show? Because that would be a really good plot, I feel mm -hmm. like. And I had one for, I, I don't remember exactly, but I had, like, an Amazing Race one, too, that I thought would be kind of interesting. But man, now I feel like I now just... that's what happens when I go on my walks with my dogs. I think about these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I feel like I like bamboozled you into like giving away gold. <laughs> yeah, we'll see yeah. when they start showing up. When they start, well, when they show, when they start showing up in print, then I, I'll have this as my proof. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> true. Did anyone else feel like? Okay, so when we like I explained the plot. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on, yeah. but I felt like they were trying to like get a lot into a really short thing. Like I wish that they had had a little bit more time to like flesh it out a little bit more. Yeah, you know? like a just a little bit longer. Does that I mean, make the, sense? Well, the story was much more about introducing all of the all of these old characters, at least for totally. a little, 
at least for a cameo or two, as opposed right, well, to really anything <laughs> substantial. Right. That's what made it seem kind of rushed, though. Yeah, I exactly. thought, you know. You can so. definitely tell it was old Archie as opposed to, like, the new Degrassified Archie. You know? Oh, yeah, totally, totally. And that's not really what I would be looking for, but at the same time. Yeah, I feel like we can all agree that, like, Rangatan, the Wonder Dog, didn't really get the subplot that he deserved. <laughs> <laughs> he needed more time. <laughs> Poor Rangatang. I had this idea for like a this merc- guy who got transformed into a a gorilla, and he became a, like a mercenary type character, and he was called the the gorilla gorilla, like G U E R. Yeah, yeah. If you could somehow work, oh, dude, this would totally tie into um, <laughs> you could tie this into. <laughs> To DC's like relaunch of all the Hanna Barbera characters and make it Magilla Gorilla Gorilla. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I guess the the only other major thing that I took away from this book was like, and like I'm afraid this is gonna sound like like nostalgia or like you know like uh, like grumpiness or whatever. But I think that when I was reading it, I got this like this like sense of nostalgia for this era of Archie. Like there was like the wedding, there was like the freshman year storyline. There was this. There was the Life with Archie mm-hmm. book, um, where like I feel like Archie gets pretty um, like wide praise now for for doing crazy stuff or like making bold decisions and stuff when I feel like um, they've sort of like settled into something now as opposed to back then they were like I don't know sure let's make a Sam Hill comic let's make yeah. you know yeah. Jinx as a teenager or whatever so I feel like that that was really a time when they were just like throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it stuck yeah they were doing they were pretty experimental oh yeah you know and really, that's—I mean—that that type of that that attitude, that desire, really was what got me back into comics or Archie comics in particular, um, like the Jinx stuff or the the Life with Archie stuff, where it was, you know, traditional but slightly tweaked. Yeah, in in the backside, in the back cover, uh, back inside cover, there's like a cross cell thing that's got like Veronica storybook and the Archie wedding. And Archie freshman year, and uh, the man from Riverdale trade, and the like yeah. Archie and Josie and the Pussycats, um, and all of those are things I have like a lot, a lot of fondness for, and are things that wouldn't have been made. I think most of them probably wouldn't have been made like you know t- two or three years prior to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, not to sound. I mean, the, I mean, the best way to sound like an old man is to like complain about what's going on right now and talk about how it isn't as good <laughs> as what happened before. Um, I don't think it isn't as good. It's just different. Yeah. You know? I mean, in some ways, there's, you know, what they're they're, the, they're doing the new relaunch with uh, Josie and the Pussycats, for example. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's still that kind of that draw to the past, but I mean, it's a di- different way of doing it. And diff- you know, a new way. And in some ways that, you know, I guess I shouldn't complain about that stuff. Cause I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Like with the jinx thing that interested me, it's like taking an older character and seeing how can we update it for now? You know? So I guess that's kind of what they're doing right now anyways, right. With the new Riverdale and, um, it's just, we don't think of them necessarily in the same way because you know, they're like concurrent, they're current characters as opposed to, you know, uh, drawbacks drawbacks from the from the past from the 50s or 60s you know mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so there's more time time removed yeah so. i i also think that like we as like longtime fans are sort of lucky because whereas like you know someone who came in in the last like year or two with the relaunch um probably doesn't and may never know about like all of the bonkers stuff that had to happen to to all of those weird sidesteps and like w- like strange uh, like tangents that the publishing line went on in order to get the sort of like footing that they have now. Yeah. Totally. 
so let's go let let's wrap it up like what are what are folks final thoughts i feel like we've we've covered a lot of ground and it's an interesting book because it's pretty um it's pretty short on plot and pretty big on on guest stars like it definitely serves the purpose that it was meant to serve so it's difficult to have a, like a like a larger, more meaningful conversation about like what goes on in the book. Yeah, it's more talking about the sort of like the the stars and co-stars and whatnot. But like, does anyone have like you know final thoughts? Um, John, is there anything that you're like dying to say about this book before we wrap up? Um, no, I just it, it, I, I I do find myself. Uh, wishing that we could have more opportunities to see a lot more of these characters that that are in the past. You know, some of them would be really hard to do now, but some of them would be really fun to to see in modern comics. And it's, in some ways, it's kind of sad that Archie Comics is all about Riverdale, uh, or, or mo- you know, outside of a few outliers like Sabrina or 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 the Pussycats, who have, of course have all gotten drawn rolled into Riverdale. Mm-hmm. It would be nice right, if we could right. see more characters that are so you'd have like like with Marvel as an example, you have the Fantastic Four type characters, the X-Men type characters. You have characters that are all kind of related but they have their own little corners in the world. It'd be nice if we could have more opportunities within Archie for uh ongoing Jinxes or ongoing Wilbers or or Cardiac Mystic or or whomever you know, so yeah, like I, I would like, like that. Like, why did they or Cosmo? You know, why did they create the new character of Vegas when Archie's dog could have been Rangatang the Wonder Dog? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Barbara, Andy, Barbara, Andy, do you have uh, final thoughts wrapping up? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just want to say that I agree with what John says also, though, that I wish that there was more opportunity for these characters to for us to see them in new incarnations. Um, however, I'm going to also go backwards in time, and I think I've been inspired to, to go back and look up some, like some stories for some of these characters. You know? Um, I can I'm kind of in the mood to read some vintage comics now after reading this, to be honest. And also, um, I think that they should bring, like, there's plenty of room for, like, Wilbur and Susie and Ginger and Seymour, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Just roll them all up into one, make another comic. While you're doing the, the new Riverdale thing with the new revamped Archie comics, that's fine. We could Come call it with some... Beyond Riverdale. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like the next town over or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Ginger, I always kind of saw as like the female Archie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not, it wouldn't be a stretch. You wouldn't have to hire new writers or anything like that. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm also left wanting more, but I think I'm going to channel that into reading some of the older stuff. So. Yeah, I I really like the idea of having nice. like a like another town of teenagers that was maybe like you know the Jinx we've already met, and Seymour and Wilbur and Susie. That could be really cool. Weren't we just recently talking about a comic where they met like the alternative like <laughs> we where they went to the were. mall and it was like yeah it could be like that. Why weren't those like Ginger and Susie? And Wilbur. And Rangatang. It should have been. And Rangatang. And Rangatang. <laughs> yeah. Rangatang is like the alternate hot dog or something. <laughs> You're really pushing for Rangatang. <laughs> Rangatang is like so bad. We should do, do like an online petition. <laughs> Bring back Rangatang. Bring back Rangatang. Bring back Rangatang. There's your reality competition show. <laughs> you get it's like who's gonna play orangutan in like the major motion picture 
and everyone <laughs> it's one of those situations where everybody shows up and like acts like they know who Rangatang is and like <laughs> acts like it would be an actual <laughs> honor. Well I've I've been reading Rangatang since I was a young kid and it would be an honor if like my dog Billy could play Rangatang. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess that's as good a place as any to leave it. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for being part of this conversation. The uh, third and final book club episode of the Riverdale podcast. Um, let's, um, let's talk about where folks can find you and what you're doing and get in touch with you if they need to. Um, Barbara Ann, where do folks find you? I'm just living life, man. You know, no, you can find me, <laughs> you can find me, um, on Twitter at Babs blogs. I don't do a whole lot. I mostly just, you know, send my Instagram stuff to there. Um, but I'm also, I curate, you know, altarchie.tumblr.com and stuff like that. So I'm not impossible to find. You can reach me. I'm sure. Awesome. Um, John, where do we find you? You can find me on my blog, which is John's blog, at johntroughton.blogspot.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, which I think I think it's John Troughton, at John Troughton. So I'm kind of original there. Um, and then um, I'm still working on my radio thing at KICI. Uh, 105.3 here in Iowa City. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we'll be up in on the air by the end of the year. Cool. So yeah, if there are any millionaires, so that's my, cool. my stuff. If yeah, there are I need, yeah, we need a millionaire to, to send us some cash. <laughs> Hook me up on Twitter and let, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks again, you guys. Uh, we will talk soon. Thanks for having us. And yeah. thank you for all of your time. Yeah, all thank you. To this podcast, okay? Shucks. It's a, it's a <laughs> lot of work. It is. It's week a, after week. A lot of work. Impressed. Yeah. I'm very impressed. So. Well, you just wait thank and see you. if I edit this whole part out. <laughs> 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 All right, thanks again to Barbara Ann and John Troughton for joining me this week to talk about the uh, the book club book, uh, Archie and Friends, Night at the Comic Shop. For real, you guys, one more episode next week. Um, and I want all of your involvement. Anyone wants to get involved, be involved. Uh, get in touch, send me an email, uh, send me a voicemail, and I'll tell you all the ways to get in touch. Um, you can always write an email to riverdalepodcast at yahoo.com. You can head over to Tumblr. You can go riverdalepodcast.com slash ask. Uh, punch in your question. Send it to me. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Um, you can call and leave a voicemail at 573-427-2443. That's 573 Archie. If you want to record a voice memo, send it in an email. Feel free to do so. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the episode. Thanks for listening to the whole thing. Thanks for coming back week after week for this uh, this little experiment in podcasting. I very much appreciate it. My name is Jonathan, and I will see you again next week right here in lovely Riverdale, USA.